Hey guys, Hyrulean here, and welcome back to another episode of Hyrulean Reviews Adventure Time, aka HRAT, codenamed Project Ooh. I'm back with another block of five reviews for the third season of Adventure Time. And in the last episode, I went ahead and teased at the very end that I would be reviewing a Fiona and Cake episode in this block. And I didn't lie, but I do have to inform everybody that HBO Max lied to me. And basically, due to an error, most likely caused by the fact that these two episodes aired together, the first episode in this block actually had the Fiona and Cake intro, even though it was a regular Finn and Jake episode. So I just wanted to let everybody listening to the block recordings know that even though... I am starting out with the Finn and Jake episode. We will end up hitting and reviewing the first Fiona and Cake episode later on. I'm excited to get into this block of reviews. We've got some interesting episodes to cover, so without further ado, folks, let's hop right into the first episode. Season 3, Episode 6 of Adventure Time, The Monster opens up with a little musical montage from our boys Finn and Jake and that musical montage ends with Finn yelling at the top of his lungs pizza and it scares a bunch of birds in some nearby woods which I found really funny and then a lumpy space person approaches them and uh, holds out this like holographic video crystal uh, which plays a video call uh, from the Lumpy Space King and Queen, a.k.a. Lumpy Space Princess's parents. And basically, they've had this servant bring the video call thing to them to request that they help in finding LSP because she's gone missing. If you recall in previous episodes, we've seen that Lumpy Space Princess actually ran away from home in a plea to prove that she can be independent to her parents. Uh, and she's basically been camping out in some woods nearby Finn and Jake's treehouse. And she's been terrorized by them at this point multiple times, including uh, the last time where Marceline and her friends convinced Finn and Jake to go knock over her can of beans. So, you know, needless to say, she's kind of leading a miserable life. And her parents trick her into coming back home uh, with the temptation of some of her mother's delectable sandwiches and when she does she basically is attempted to be convinced to move back into their house because they're worried about their daughter and there's a really funny moment where lumpy space princess is like oh my god you guys are telling me that you led me here under false pretenses (laughs) and it was honestly the funniest lumpy space princess moment in the entire show so far so really really solid there Uh, but basically she when she realizes that she was led here under false pretenses she like flips the plate of sandwiches away and like runs away and leaves the house heading back into the wilderness and for some reason she basically must have packed up her entire ass camp and she doesn't have it anymore so she's just kind of wandering around aimlessly when she stumbles upon some wolves and 
she basically just starts living with the wolves, which for some reason they accept her. And it's probably like the sharp teeth or something, honestly. Uh, but she lives with the wolves for a while and she runs with them and she feeds with them until she starts to crave that drama that her life is missing since she's with animals who can't speak. So she starts creating drama amongst the wolves to the point where they start getting so mad at her that they try to eat her and she has to run away. And while she's escaping the wolves, she slips into some mud and basically finds herself covered in muds and sticks. And uh, basically this local town is nearby where she fell. And when she stands up and heads towards the town, they think that she's a monster. And she uses this to her advantage by basically terrorizing this village into giving her their food. And she goes and moves into their windmill and she'll occasionally leave dressed as this monster to terrorize them and get more food whenever she's hungry. And this is how she's been living for a little while off screen as she explains because Finn and Jake are actually on their way through the woods trying to find where she had her camp set up when the village people come falling out of the trees and explain that their village is being terrorized by a monster who's eating all of their crops and there's a really cute moment where like the little village people that fell out of the trees like are like, oh, I've got my kid, and then the kid's like, I've got my kid, and the kid's like, I've got my kid, and basically they just keep holding up a smaller villager until it's like a really, really small one, and it's pretty funny. And also the villagers really want these sandwiches because the lumpy space person that was sent by the king and queen gave Finn and Jake a basket of LSP's favorite sandwiches, but they refused to give them to them because they are for lumpy space princess in order to bring her home. Uh, so anyway, Finn and Jake decide to take a detour from finding LSP to go help the villagers, and that's when they discover that inside of the windmill lives the monster, but it's actually just Lumpy Space Princess. And they basically tell her that she needs to own up to her guilt and kind of, you know, apologize and help out the villagers because she's been eating all their food and terrorizing and stealing from them. So LSP does with some hesitation and she calls them fat and it kind of doesn't go very well but eventually she decides to give in and give them her sandwiches apologize and she's so moved by the fact that they all have children that they care about feeding that she realizes that her parents just want to feed and take care of her and so she decides to move back into her home in the lumpy space kingdom and when she gets there, she explains everything that happened in the episode to her parents under the pretense that she saved the village, which is really funny because she's the reason the village was in trouble in the first place. Uh, but they're basically really proud of her, and they're apologetic that they made her feel pushed to move away from home, and everything's set back right in the Lumpy Space Princess arc. And I gotta be honest with you folks, this was hands down the best episode featuring Lumpy's Space Princess so far. Honestly, I've hated Lumpy Space Princess as a character up until this point so much, but this episode was actually watchable and enjoyable and honestly a really good filler episode. I was impressed. And this episode, they finally dialed in Lumpy Space Princess and made her at least 
decent and actually watchable, if that makes any sense, which I was really, really happy about. Um, But let's go over the finer details of this episode. So this episode was obviously focused on LSP, and Finn and Jake were sort of a focus, but eventually it just kind of turned to LSP, and LSP became the whole showrunner for this one. Um, And obviously, yes, it was a Villar episode. I did spot the snail. The snail was next to a farmer in the village at one point, and it was literally like a blink-and-you-miss-it moment where the snail was on screen for like maybe half a second it was nuts and it's no wonder I've been having so much trouble spotting the snail recently if they've been hiding it like this because you know it's really really hard to scrub back through and find it too because sometimes I've been even trying to scrub back through and see if I could spot it if I didn't find it on the first watch through and it's not been working really for me but this one I did manage to just barely spot so there's that for us and no there were no fart jokes usually they do kind of pair LSP with fart jokes every now and again, so I was kind of expecting them, but no. Uh, And the cutest part of this episode by far, other than the villagers with, like, their kids, and their kids' kids, and their kids' 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 kids, the little tiny villagers, uh, was at the beginning where Finn and Jake had their cute little musical montage. Um, And the funniest part by far was when Finn yells pizza and the birds go running through the trees. Uh, but also the fact that LSP was creating all this drama where she was, like, naming the wolves. And the wolves were, like, um, the wolves were, like, basically being named after her different friends from her school days. Like, they were, like, she was calling them, like, Brad and Ashley and, like, basic names like that. But, you know, it was kind of funnier having LSP in this wolf, like, Society because basically her weird, like, preteen angst played more funnily, funnily, fun, funny, funnier, played funnier when there were basically these creatures that were just oblivious to it and could not even react to it. So there's that, you know, it really, really did pay up to her and help her. And this episode was overall very solid for being an episode focused on LSP. The weirdest moment, of course, though, was when LSP was so desperate for food, so she ate some tree bark, and she started throwing up rainbows. Um, But, yeah, really, that's about it. I know I kind of stumbled over this one a little bit. That's because I mostly think I was just shocked by how decent this episode was for being a Lumpy Space Princess episode. And I gotta say, I'm glad her arc is sort of fixed and it's finished now like she's back moved in with her parents in lumpy space so you know everything kind of worked out for her i hope though the creators of the show keep kind of going with this whole new dialed in version of lumpy space princess because they really nailed how to write her character for this episode i was very impressed so uh but there we have it folks that's my review for this episode Overall, it was probably about a 6, 6.5 out of 10, but that's significantly better than every other Lumpy Space Princess episode we've had thus far. Season 3, Episode 7, still, is a very, very weird episode. So folks, you're going to have to bear with me here. I'm going to explain this one a little bit differently. I'm basically going to give a 
short summary of the entire episode, even more briefly than I usually do. And then I'm going to go through and list off some specific events. And the reason I'm handling it this way is because it's really, really weird and a lot happens really, really fast. And I got to try and keep myself straight here. So without further ado, here we go. So this episode starts out with Finn and Jake waking up in their beds in their bedroom in the treehouse one morning when they realize they are frozen in place. They actually cannot move an inch. And it's not like ice frozen. It's literally like they're unable to move, like paralysis style frozen. And they're kind of like talking to each other and they're like, what the hell is going on? Why can't we move? And then the Ice King comes crawling up the ladder and he's like, hey guys. And basically the Ice King explains that he used a freeze potion on them while they were sleeping in order to freeze them in place. So they were forced to spend some quality bonding time with him and become his friends. And basically the rest of the episode is a series of different events that the Ice King does while he makes Finn and Jake watch. And the events are very, very strange. And I'll get into them here in a moment. And basically at some point in the episode, Finn kind of taps out from watching all this crazy shenanigans go down and decides to try and use his newly found heightened senses because he can no longer move uh, to call upon an astral beast in the astral plane, which is apparently something that exists. I don't really know. It's kind of weird and confusing. Uh, And basically, Jake is forced to sit through a couple different activities after this starts, but eventually Finn does snap out of it and say that he has successfully summoned his astral beast and they will be here shortly. And eventually these butterflies come through the window and it turns out that the astral beast that Finn summoned was actually these butterflies. And these butterflies basically pick up Finn and Jake's motionless bodies and bring them out to the Ice King and attack the Ice King with a sword. And then they make the Ice King use the unfreeze potion on them that he has but when the butterflies grab the potion they accidentally grab the wrong one and the ice king accidentally uses more freeze potion which also happens to get on him and the butterflies and they're all frozen in place stuck unsure what to do and unable to move and it's then that we cut to gunter who was a side character in this episode who knocks the bottle of unfreeze potion out the open window of the treehouse, and we hear it smash against the ground, and that's the end of the episode. So that's sort of like the simplified explanation of what happened without any of the specific details, because so much shit happened, and the order was kind of confusing, and the stuff was really, really weird, so I didn't want to get it mixed up, and I wanted to keep the plot as coherent as possible for understanding. Uh, but let's kind of try and get into the nitty-gritty here. So first off, Gunter was here for basically the entire thing, right? Ice King just brought him around for some reason, and Gunter is kind of like a dog in this episode. 
he's trying to help out Finn and Jake too at certain points. Like he tries to grab the unfreeze potion for them a couple times. He tries to grab the key to unlock the bottles, which by the way, the Ice King has these bottles that are pretty cool. It's like potion bottles, but for some reason he can lock the cork by using a key on top of the cork with a little keyhole. It's really, really weird, but it's kind of cool. Um, so they're locked bottles. Uh, and basically, Gunter fails to help them multiple times, and the Ice King ends up conjuring up a snowman along with a leash and, uh, what do they call him, a collar, and he puts it on Gunter. So Gunter's kind of like chained up for a while in this episode, uh, but he does manage to break through free and cause some more shenanigans. So, a couple of the other crazy things that happened in this episode that I want to highlight... <laughs> Um, let's see here. So the Ice King says that in order to be more friendly with Finn and Jake, he wants to dress like them. So he basically like wraps his beard around his head to look like Finn's hat. He like rips his robes to look like a shirt and like makes like an ice backpack and he dresses like Finn. And he's like, oh, I'm Finn the Hero. Ha <laughs> Which is really, really weird in itself. Uh, but then Jake's like, what the hell, man? That's so weird. And then he's like, okay, I'll, I'll dress like you too, Jake. And he starts to take his clothes off. And Jake's like, oh, God. Oh, God, no, man, stop. And he's like, okay, okay. So then the Ice King shows Finn and Jake. Keep in mind, Finn at this point is in the astral realm in his head trying to summon his astral beast. Uh, but Finn and Jake are then forced by the Ice King to watch a slideshow of artful black and white photos that the Ice King took of his penguin's body parts. And that sounds fucking nasty. But then immediately it's like, this is Gunter's eye. You can tell how soulless it is. And it is art because it talks about the hopelessness of humankind and, you know, shit like that. And then he shows, like, this is a flipper. And it's, you know, it's like, it's it's harmless, but it was kind of pre-emphasized with, like, a bit of a more, like, adult joke, I guess you could say. And then the last thing they do that I want to mention is the Ice King offers to make them breakfast burritos. This is after they've gone to bed and woken up the next morning, and Finn is still toiling around in the astral realm. Uh, and the Ice King explains that he's going to go make them omelets. It's not breakfast burritos, it's omelets. He's going to go make them omelets and he's going to put his foot in the omelet because he says that he wants to be inside of them. I'm not making this shit up. This is just fucking weird. What the fuck? And so there's all that junk. And I also did not mention at the beginning of the episode when Finn and Jake are trying to convince the Ice King to unfreeze them, and they they say, like, oh, we're your friends, Ice King. You don't need to freeze us. Just unfreeze us, and we'll hang out with you, and we'll have a good time. And that doesn't work for some reason. But basically, uh, the Ice King sort of proves that they're not actually his friends by saying, like, what's my favorite color? And Finn and Jake try and guess it, but they fail miserably. And then the Ice King reveals three secrets that he knows about Finn and Jake. One, Jake doesn't put ice in his drinks because he has sensitive teeth. Two, Finn's favorite food is meatloaf. 
And three, Jake doesn't cry because he is afraid of emotion. And then he's like, it's okay, let it out. And Jake, like, has a little tear. It was such a weird fucking moment. This episode was off the rails in more ways than one. And I was just like, what the fuck? It was really, really weird. But honestly, pretty fun little Ice King filler episode. I did not spot the snail. And surprisingly, no. There were absolutely no fart jokes. But there we have it, folks. I think that's really about it for this episode. I felt that this one was a little better than the last one. So I gave it like a 7 out of 10. Um, And hopefully you guys could make 6s and 7s out of my explanation for this one. I kind of told it in a different way. Both to experiment with how I could possibly be giving these episode explanations more concisely... Uh, but also because I needed to keep my brain straight because this episode had so much weird random shit that happened. So let me know what you guys think, and uh, we'll see if I kind of bring this style back because I think that the brief explanation into the deeper explanation of certain parts thing kind of might work to the benefit of this series. So it's definitely something to keep an eye on. But, yeah, there we have it, folks. Season 3, Episode 8, Wizard Battle, is kind of an interesting one. Because of the fact that it is a filler episode, it also features the Ice King, even though we just had an Ice King-centered episode. And also, there is an absolute fuck-ton of callbacks in the background of this episode. They don't really put them in our face, but there is some callbacks. So let's hop right into the discussion here. So what is this episode about? Basically, Finn and Jake are going to see what's essentially a sporting event in the Land of Ooh, but in reality what it is, is it's called Wizard Battle. And basically, this Grand Wizard guy gets a bunch of different wizards together in an arena, and they fight to the death, and whoever the last wizard standing is gets a prize. And Finn and Jake are super fucking excited to see this Wizard Battle. They show up they sit in their seats in like the stadium seating and they're like woo woo yeah wizard battle and then they realize the ice king is there the ice king has entered the wizard battle for some reason and he walks up to the side of the field where finn and jake are seated and he says hey guys are you here to root me on And they're like, oh, what the hell, Ice King? No, you're going to lose. And he basically admits that he's going to cheat in order to win the wizard battle. And his motives for wanting to win it aren't exactly clear until we discover what the grand prize for the winner of the wizard battle is. It is a kiss from Princess Bubblegum. So Finn and Jake decide that since clearly the Ice King is here on a ploy They get a kiss from Princess Bubblegum. They themselves need to enter the wizard battle and basically stop him in order to, you know, save Princess Bubblegum from having to kiss him. And also, secretly, of course, Finn wants to kiss Princess Bubblegum himself. So they kind of do the whole, like, two people in a trench trench coat thing, but, like, with wizard robes. And Jake's the arms and legs, but Finn is like the face, and he does all the talking. 
and they go down into the arena and they get ready to fight. And in the arena, they have a little brawl. And basically, there's these really, really cool, like, super artistic, like, awesome designs, uh, different types of wizards. And we actually learn, I believe, that there are eight. Let me double check my notes really quickly. Um, there are eight schools of magic in the Adventure Time universe, which was an interesting thing to learn. Uh, but basically, they fight a couple wizards and they watch all the wizards kind of duke it out, and then they end up teaming up with an actual wizard named Abraka Daniel, and them and Abraka Daniel beat up a couple more wizards until it's down to Finn and Jake, Abraka Daniel, and the Ice King. And in the final battle, Abraka Daniel helps Finn and Jake defeat the Ice King, and then Finn and Jake forfeit because Abraka Daniel doesn't even want to kiss Princess Bubblegum. He just wants to, you know, have the glory of winning. He thought that there was a cash prize, but when it turned out it was just Princess Bubblegum's kiss, he really could not care less. Um, but basically, after he wins the wizard battle, he gets a ton of confidence and ego because he won. And he says, you know what? Maybe I will take that kiss from Princess Bubblegum. And so... Finn yells really, really loud, No! And basically, it kills Abraka Daniel. It doesn't exactly kill him, but it knocks him out to the point where he's basically beaten by Finn and Jake the wizard. And so, they end up winning the wizard battle. So, Finn and Jake are the winners of the wizard battle. And they go back to the locker rooms in the stadium to prepare for their kiss with Princess Bubblegum. And they head on out to the field. And right as they're walking up, uh, basically, they end up getting revealed. And it turns out that, you know, obviously it wasn't a wizard. It was just Finn and Jake wearing a wizard's robes together. And Princess Bubblegum's pissed off at them. But they explain that the only reason they broke the sanctity of the wizard battle was to save her from the ice king before he won the competition by cheating so she thanks them she gives finn a kiss and then smacks him on the face for breaking the sanctity of the wizard battle and that's the end of the episode i'm getting really really good at explaining these episodes pretty quickly if i do say so myself um but there we have it folks now, we have a lot of callbacks to dive into here. So, basically, yes, this was a filler episode. Yes, I did spot the snail. The snail was in the sleeve of the robes of the Grand Wizard, who was the person putting on the whole-ass competition. And no, there were no fart jokes. Um, and the cutest moment in this episode was when Danny turns the nunchucks of the Ice King into a butterfly. Danny was like kind of like a little fairy boy. His name was Abraka Daniel, and he was a wizard, and he had like a rainbow wand, and, you know, he was like really goofy looking. He was definitely there to be like a punching bag character, if that makes any sense. Um, but the coolest thing about this episode by far was all the different types of wizards and all their unique designs. I really, really liked it. And you might have been thinking earlier, if you've been following along with us on this show, wait, didn't Finn and Jake have wizard powers? 
And the answer is yes. In Season 1, Episode 11, Finn and Jake were tricked by the Grand Wizard Bufo into basically learning a bunch of wizard powers and becoming Grand Wizards, only to then be tricked into eternal servitude to protect the wizard temple from a meteorite that was going to crash into it. Um, But, you know, obviously, if you know what happened in the episode, they managed to get out of it, and they had to forfeit all their wizard powers, so they don't have them anymore, and they couldn't use them in this episode. But, some of these really cool designed wizards were actually wizards that were supposedly trained by Bufo, because they had the purple robes, and they had the golden stars that indicate that they earned the spells. And Bufo himself even appears at the very end of this episode as a background character who doesn't talk. At the grand prize ceremony, Bufo was just there, along with some other grand wizards. And he didn't have any speaking roles. But I thought that was really cool because obviously there's a little callback there, a little continuity there. And you know I'm a sucker for that. But it's great when they do include continuity like that in these episodes because it reminds me that it wasn't a total waste watching those earlier episodes of the show. And it it makes me really happy. Plus, a lot of the early episodes of this show were the ones that I watched when I was a kid. So the continuity to those episodes is really, really, like, you know, something that makes me happy because it it makes me feel like the story of those episodes continues even though... I haven't seen it yet so there's more with the characters I saw in these early seasons when I was a kid watching the show that I'm going to get to see now that I'm watching the whole series so you know it's really really good stuff and also while I'm here I wanted to mention in the crowd as well there was Lumpy Space Princess, Starchy, Peppermint Butler, The Fight King and some other side characters from the rest of the series so far In addition to that weird guy, which I need to look it up, but basically I I presume it's like one of the animators or it's supposed to represent like the creator of the show or something, but uh, there was the cow, like Ms. Heifer in that one episode where when she uncovered her udder, it had like that weird looking face on it. And that same weird-looking face appears sometimes as, like, drawings and stuff in this episode, like, little... Or in these episodes as, like, little doodles and shit. Um, And in this episode, I'm fairly certain that one of the people in the crowd was actually the guy that all of these, like, little faces and stuff are based off of. And if I had to guess, this has to be, like, a creator, an animator for the show or something, like, drawing themselves in the series or somebody else is drawing them in the series... I'm a little scared to look it up because I don't want to spoil anything for myself, but it's really, really interesting nonetheless, albeit kind of weird, because he was shirtless for some reason. It was just fucking, I don't even know. Um, But overall, another fairly solid filler episode, and the uniquely designed different types of wizards and things, and the little bits of continuity that we got made this a really, really solid one. So there we have it, folks, another filler episode down. And this one was also pretty good, so, you know, we're doing pretty good for filler episodes this one. I feel like all of the three episodes we've talked about so far in this block have been very good filler episodes, so, you know, good stuff. (music) 
And now for Season 3, Episode 9, Adventure Time with Fiona and Cake. And if you are unaware because you've never watched Adventure Time before, this is the first episode that features the titular characters Fiona and Cake. And Fiona's a human just like Finn, and Cake is a magical cat. Basically, you know, the opposite of Jake. And what this episode is about is basically a gender-bent universe of the one that we've been covering so far. So instead of Finn, you have Fiona. Instead of Jake, you have Cake. Instead of Princess Bubblegum, you have Prince Gumball. Instead of Lady Rainicorn, you have... What what do they call him? Lord Monochrome or something like that? Fuck, I wrote it down. One second. Yeah, Lord Monochrome instead of Lady Rainicorn. And then, of course, you have the Ice Queen instead of the Ice King. And once we get to the end of this explanation of this episode, you'll kind of understand what's going on here. But let's hop right into it. So, similarly to Finn and Jake in our universe, Fiona and Cake are over at the Candy Kingdom basically doing bitch work for Prince Gumball. He's helping them, uh, they're helping them decorate the ballroom for the gumball that's coming up, uh, later that same evening. And after Fiona and Cake finish helping him out, he basically goes ahead and asks Fiona if she wants to go to the ball with him. And of course she gets all blushy and like embarrassed and stuff. Uh, But he explains that he is kind of looking for her to come with to be an honorable guest. And uh, that's when the Ice Queen appears and tries to kidnap Prince Gumball. But Fiona and Cake manage to beat the shit out of the Ice Queen and rescue Prince Gumball before he's taken away by the Ice Queen. And to that, the Prince Gumball is very impressed and he's actually kind of starstruck by what just happened and he asks Fiona on a date and he basically tells her to meet him in the castle gardens in a couple hours and so Fiona and Cake head back to the treehouse and while they're in the treehouse basically Cake's helping Fiona get ready for the date and Fiona gets Cake to tag along because Lord monochrome is going to be there, which is this monochrome that uh, Cake has a huge crush on. And so they go to this date, right? And it's in the castle gardens, and Prince Gumball shows up, and he gives Fiona this crystal sword as a thanks for helping him, where basically it's a crystal that turns into a sword, which is really, really cool. Um, And then they kind of walk around a little bit, talk a little bit, And then eventually they ride on the back of Lord Monochrome and Prince Gumball even sings Fiona a little song while Cake plays on her musical instrument, which isn't a viola. It's some other type of instrument with like strings and you hit the strings with mallets. Um, And basically they have a really, really good date and Prince Gumball asks Fiona to come back to the kingdom that night for the gum ball as his girlfriend which Fiona's shocked by this but she's really flattered 
and she's really excited and she says yes so again Fiona and Cake head back to the treehouse and Cake helps Fiona get ready for the ball by helping her find a dress and a purse to bring along so she looks all fancy and ladylike because Fiona kind of has this tomboy problem in the show she basically acts like way too brutishly for a girl and that becomes a problem for her and like uh, there's this whole struggle where Prince Gumball kind of sees her as one of the bros instead of like a love interest like she wants so similar problems to Finn's but different and instead of it being like a Finn's too young for princess bubblegum problem like Finn has Fiona seems to be at least a little bit older than Finn she's definitely like a teenager and Prince Gumball is like an upper teen early adult so it's a little more acceptable uh, that they're supposed to be shipped as love interests but it's definitely more of like a Fiona's a tomboy is the problem for Fiona in this universe um, but basically Fiona's all dolled up and she manages to convince Cake to let her sneak her crystal that turns into a sword in her purse just in case. And a good thing she does because when they arrive at the ball, Prince Gumball takes Fiona up to his bedroom, which is like, what the fuck? What, what the fuck is about to happen? And like when they enter the bedroom, the bed's all set and there's candles and like roses scattered around. And I was like, what the hell is happening? This is not what it, where is this about to go? And then, all of a sudden, the ceiling starts to drip, and Fiona looks up and sees another Prince Gumball frozen in the ceiling. And when she sees this and realizes this, the Prince Gumball that she's been hanging out with the entire episode that asked her to be his girlfriend uh, actually turns back into the Ice Queen. And it turns out the Ice Queen was tricking Fiona to coming to the ball without any weapons to defeat her because she keeps trying to stop the Ice Queen from taking Prince Gumball for her own. So, after that, basically, they have a little brawl, and after Fiona successfully defeats the Ice Queen with the help of Cake, they talk about how Fiona basically says she doesn't really find anybody attractive and she just kind of wants to live her life and not have to rely on having a love interest in order to be a character which could be the outcry of the writers trying to kind of push us away from wanting Finn to have a love interest in the show but who knows um basically she says there's only one man she could ever truly love and that would be the Ice King and Cake talks about how Cake is in love with the Ice King too and then all of a sudden it cuts to the Ice King sitting on his couch reading this book and it turns out that the whole gender-bent universe with Fiona and Cake that we've been introduced to throughout the course of this episode and all of the different characters that are gender-bender versions of the characters in our universe are actually just in a fan fiction created by the Ice King. And when we do cut to the Ice King, Finn and Jake are frozen in an ice block, and the Ice King is basically forcing them to hear his fan fiction. Which, can I say, is really fucking weird, because he's writing fan fiction where Finn and Jake are actually girls, and they like him. 
which, you know, is really fucking weird, but <laughs> it's also silly that this whole, like, episode took place in a fan fiction created by the Ice King. I like that little bit of lore that they introduced with that. I found it to be very funny. But yeah, overall, this was clearly a very interesting concept for an episode. Let's go over some of my more finer thoughts. So, when asked if this was a filler episode, I kind of don't think it is because I feel like Fiona and Cake are going to become more important later on because I know this isn't the only episode that they're featured in. So, since this is the episode where the characters are introduced, I did mark it as not a filler episode. And I also did spot the snail. Even in a different universe, the snail is still in the show. Um, because the snail was on the ceiling in Prince Gumball's castle. So I did manage to spot the snail in this one. No, there were no fart jokes. And the cutest part about this episode, for sure, was Prince Gumball and Fiona. They were super cute. They had, like, this teen romance thing going on throughout the episode that I definitely approve of. Um... But the coolest thing, of course, was that crystal sword that Prince Gumball gave Fiona. I'm curious if at that point in the episode uh, that Fiona received that crystal sword from Prince Gumball, if it was the Ice Queen pretending to be him or not yet. Because I'm pretty sure if that was the case, which I think it might be, Prince or the Ice Queen actually gave Fiona the crystal sword not prince gumball but maybe that'll become a plot point later on um the funniest thing about this episode was just the fact that it was so like random and off the rails and it all just turned out to be an ice king fan fiction um but the weirdest thing was definitely the whole prince gumball and fiona like sex tease thing that they did it made it make more sense when they revealed that it was an Ice King fan fiction, because otherwise it would be really off the cuff of the writers to have, like, sex jokes, because there were a couple sex jokes in this episode. Um, but since it was the Ice King's fan fiction, I think they get a pass because of the fact that the Ice King is sort of a very sex-oriented man, if that makes any sense. Um, but likewise... The Ice Queen was fine. Like, holy shit. The Ice Queen was a damn sexy cartoon character, that's for sure. Which is funny because that's supposed to be the Ice King's gender-bent version of himself. So, of course, he made it as sexualized as possible. Um, but it was just really, really weird how the Ice King was writing fan fiction of Finn and Jake if they were girls and they were madly in love with him. So, <laughs> definitely the weirdest part of this episode. Um, and yeah, I really think that's all I got to say about this one. Overall, pretty solid. I like the concept because the whole idea that they're doing, like, Adventure Time, but if the protagonist was a girl was kind of unique at the time because when it came to TV shows where the main characters were female, they were kind of few and far between and even when there were female characters in shows, you think of, like, Kim Possible and stuff like that, they were still shown to be very feminine. Uh, but when Fiona and Cake first aired, I actually remember it fairly well. And it was a huge change of pace, especially for Cartoon Network at the time. 
because Fiona in no way outside of the fact that she goes to a ball and wears a dress like not super easily albeit uh is a feminine character she very much is sort of struggling with the idea that the feminine sort of identity is being pushed onto her and that's sort of one of the main conflicts for her in the episode and I figure that that was a really good message to show to kids you know back in that time period because not a lot of you know not a lot of shows were doing that and you know I'm sure it helped a lot of kids who were having gender identity issues I might be jumping the gun here you know obviously as a cis male I'm not like you know the authority on this kind of thing but you know it does seem like this show probably would be very helpful for children who were questioning their identity and gender norms and all that kind of stuff so it was good that they did this it was a nice change of pace and other than the creepy sexual stuff that was introduced by the fact that this turned out to be an Ice King fan fiction uh, I thought this was a very very interesting and good episode and I'm excited to see where they take the Fiona and Cake concept in the future because honestly it's interesting and you know there's tons of potential there for having crossovers and different ships and things like that so really really good move by the writing staff and you know this was just an interesting concept episode that I feel like they'll have to develop more as the show progresses so there's some of my thoughts on Fiona and Cake so got the first Fiona and Cake episode down I know there's at least some more episodes with them down the line so we'll have to see where it goes and now for season three episode 10 what was missing and I'll tell you what was missing this episode in my life this is probably up there with my top five favorite episodes of the show so far and honestly if I had to pick a favorite filler episode this is probably in the top two or three so this is a really really good episode and let's get into why so this episode opens up with Finn and Jake chilling at the treehouse as per usual and Jake and BMO have left the room so Finn digs under the couch cushions and pulls out the lock of Princess Bubblegum's hair that he got in that one episode where the ugly witch needed princess hair to make herself beautiful and she ended up not wanting Princess Bubblegum's hair because it was bubblegum and not actually hair so Finn kept it the entire time. And if you recall, the way that Finn got Princess Bubblegum's hair was by having a spaghetti dinner in the woods with her, and it was one of their more intimate romantic moments in the show so far. So naturally, Finn holds that memory and this lock of Princess Bubblegum's hair by extension to a very high regard. Um, and all of a sudden, Bimo and Jake pop out from behind the couch and they see what Finn's doing and they start to judge him and they're like oh you were just playing with that princess bubblegum hair aren't you Finn you're obsessed Finn you're obsessed and they start to make fun of him 
Uh, but after Finn starts to get bummed out, Jake says, hey, man, you know what? I get it. I have a prized possession as well. And he pulls out his baby blanket. And BMO shows his prized possession too, which is his game controller. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, a random door opens up. Like, out of nowhere. It just appears and then opens. And out jumps this lord of doors, or door lord, if you will. And he snatches the lock of Princess Bubblegum's hair, the blanket, and the controller from the three boys. And creates another door using his magic and climbs through. And instantly, Finn and Jake start to make chase and chase after him. And they end up going through multiple different doors, which takes them throughout random locations in the land of Ooh. And this little kid gets one of his toys taken by this guy. And Finn's like, don't worry, toy, I'll get your kid back. (laughs) Which was really funny because he did that thing that people do where they mix their words around. Um, But then they climb through and they end up in Princess Bubblegum's castle. And Princess Bubblegum has something stolen by him as well. So, she starts following after Finn, Jake, and Bimo while they're chasing after them. And now there's a group of four chasing after this door lord. And then the next thing that happens is they end up in Marceline's house by going through a door. And when they're there, Marceline's already trying to beat the shit out of the door lord. Um, Supposedly because something of hers was stolen by him as well. And he creates another door and hops through, and they all decide to go together as a group and carry on through the doors. And they head through a couple more doors before they end up in this valley, which seems very similar to the valley where Finn and Marceline fought Marceline's dad in that one episode. But I don't want to say specifically that it's the same valley, but it does seem very similar at the very least. And... It's at this point where the door lord creates one more door, but this is a magical musical door that can only be unlocked by the music of a band. So, our group of heroes, which if you recall is Finn, Jake, Bimo, Princess Bubblegum, and Marceline, all decide then and there to form a band. And basically kind of chaos ensues because the first thing that happens is Marceline being one of the more talented members of the group starts to kind of want to take control and Princess Bubblegum kind of pulls back and tries to not let her take control but if you recall from previous episodes Princess Bubblegum and Marceline have some beef uh, which is interesting because this episode actually gives us some further information and backstory on that, which is really exciting, but we'll get into that here in a moment. Uh, But basically, after attempting to sing the song and it not working out, Marceline decides to do a solo, and she sings the classic song that starts out with her going like, do you not like that, or do you just not like me? I'm sorry, I don't treat you like a goddess. Is that what you want me to do? You know, that one, the one that everybody on TikTok used a while ago. Uh, Because that was one of our big Adventure Time TikTok trends from recently. It's always so funny connecting those dots and, like, pointing out those episodes, you know. It reminds me of when I was watching Cowboy Bebop. 
and they have this song called like Cats on Mars and Cats on Mars from Cowboy Bebop is a popular TikTok song that's still used fairly frequently today and I used it myself before knowing it was from Cowboy Bebop so when I heard it in the show I was like whoa and this was another one of those moments for me Um, but this like Marceline song was not only one of the coolest moments in the show um, for the fact that like Marceline was kind of pouring out her guts it's always awesome with when Marceline pulls out pours out her guts and her music but also it's like giving us a little backstory on the Marceline princess bubblegum beef and through some of the lyrics of her song it's implied that either Princess Bubblegum and Marceline used to be very good friends, or they could have even potentially have been lovers at one point. Very, very interesting stuff here, and uh, we'll get even more development into this down the line here, but basically, Marceline, like, pours her guts out, and, you know, everybody's kind of like, what the hell, and, yeah... And then Marceline kind of just shuts up. And the door started to open, but Princess Bubblegum is just staring at her, and she gets pissed off, so she starts, or she stops singing, and she floats away. And uh, and that's sort of the end of that moment. I want to mention, too, since everybody knows that listens to this podcast that I'm a big Marceline fan, uh, they had a really cool outfit for her in this episode. Basically, it was like a sun hat and, like, it was like a sun hat and a sweater combo, which is funny because it's like hot and cold, but she's only wearing the sun hat to block out the sun naturally. So, you know, either way, interesting moment. Jake's playing this character right now as well because he decided that he wanted to be the jerk in the band. So he basically starts calling all of the people in the band talentless hacks and kind of tells them to fuck off. I think they do also do one more attempt at a song. I need to kind of get back to my notes here. Uh, and the second attempt at a song is Princess Bubblegum with the lead. And Princess Bubblegum's method for creating a song is basically doing like a mathematical equation and trying to create the perfect music by giving people specific parts to play. And, uh, her song's kind of just like this short electronic thing, and it's not really super substantial, especially compared to the other musical numbers we get in this episode. Uh, but, you know, either way. And then it kind of super backfires, and Bemo catches on fire and all this shit, so, you know, naturally they have to stop. And Jake, like, gets all pissed off and smashes his viola and leaves. And basically, just barely... Finn manages to keep Marceline and Bubblegum and him in a group together uh, and they kind of try and rekindle things and the way Finn plans to kind of have them rekindle their friendship is by offering them all to have a little late night dinner kind of thing before the end of the night because it's almost nighttime at this point slash it is nighttime. And what he pulls out of his backpack is a raw brick of ramen noodles. And he starts eating it, and Marceline's like, ah, plop this. And she starts to float away. And Finn's like, wait, no, Marceline, don't leave. And she's like, 
I'm not leaving. I'm going to get something to cook that with. And he's like, cook it? What? And then she brings back a little camp stove. And she plugs it into BMO. And it's really, really cute because she plugs it into the front of BMO. And then BMO, like, kind of just lays down and he's smiling. Um, but then they cook the ramen noodles. And Finn suggests that they make a song about ramen noodles. But, you know, naturally, Marceline and PB both aren't into that. So, uh, what ends up happening after that is Finn starts to get frustrated and he starts singing a song about Princess Bubblegum. And basically, he admits to her that the reason that he's chasing after this door lord so hard is because he stole a lock of her hair that he had and it was one of his most prized possessions and he really, really likes her. And he's trying to figure out let me see here. I have part of the lyrics as a snippet here. Basically, one of the lyrics is, Do you see me as a joke, a knight, or a brother? It's sort of like a song where Finn's expressing how Marceline, or not Marceline, Princess Bubblegum's like his current love interest, and he feels like she doesn't reciprocate it at all, and she he wants to know if she thinks of him as a joke, a knight, or a brother, aka, you know, just some crazy random kid, a servant, which kind of seems like it half the time, or a brother, like a really good friend, but nothing more than that, you know, um, and this is honestly a really, really deep and sentimental moment, and he even talks about how, like, PB and Marceline are two of his best friends, and Jake as well, Jake even gets, like, third-wheeled here into this. Like, Jake comes back while he's singing the song, and Finn is listing off his best friends, and he puts Princess Bubblegum and Marceline before Jake in the song, which is kind of interesting. Uh, but basically, he keeps singing for a while, and then everybody else joins in, and the door magically opens. And they get inside... And the door lord basically explains that the reason he stole all their prized possessions is to make them realize that the real prized possession that they have is their friendship with each other. And they're all like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And then it cuts and then it shows the door lord with the shit beaten out of him and he's tied up and they get all their stuff back. And that's when it's revealed that... Princess Bubblegum's lost prize possession was actually a band t-shirt. And they thought they thought for sure it was Marceline's because it was literally like a metal band or like a rock band t-shirt. But in reality, it was Princess Bubblegum's. And the reason it was Princess Bubblegum's is because back when Marceline and PB were no longer... Like, back when they were not beefing and they were still friends or romantic partners, we still haven't decided... Uh, Marceline bought that band t-shirt for Princess Bubblegum, and it's still her most prized possession, apparently. And Marceline's like, what? I've never even seen you wear it. And she's like, I wear it as a pajama shirt, which is kind of funny. Uh, and then it's revealed that Marceline actually did not have any prized possessions stolen by the door lord. And she actually just pretended she did so she could hang out with everybody, which, you know, is the most Marceline thing of all time because she's done this multiple times now where she's pretended to uh, hang, like, 
need something but actually just wanted to hang out with somebody or trick somebody into hanging out with her, that kind of thing. It's a pretty standard character trait for now uh, for her character because she does not like to show emotion. And even though you could make a decent argument that this is a filler episode, I did end up putting it down as not because of the fact that it gave us some more insight into Marceline's backstory. It sort of furthered the Finn and Princess Bubblegum romance arc in a way. But you could consider this to be like teetering the line more than any episode up until this point. Um, but other than that, I did not spot the snail, unfortunately, and there were no fart jokes. Um, but other than that, I kind of listed off all the other things that I had planned to talk about already, but I'll kind of classify them here for you. So obviously the cutest part of this episode was PB and Marceline. Uh, their friendship slash potential past relationship uh, was really, really interesting to see explored. And there was a moment where they kind of rekindled a little bit and, you know, they were just kind of being cute. And the whole thing with PB keeping Marceline the band t-shirt that she bought her was really cute as well. Uh, the coolest moments were the Door Lord's doors because they were honestly just really trippy and it was cool like having a montage where they were just sort of teleporting around the land of Ooh, You know I'm a sucker for that kind of thing. And obviously Marceline in general slash Marceline's iconic solo in this episode. Obviously a really, really cool part. Uh, funny moments included Jake just pretending to be the jerk in the band for shits and giggles and calling everybody talentless hacks. Um, and then there was also Finn eating the ramen noodles raw, which was wacky and funny. Uh, but the weirdest thing for sure was the Door Lord. The Door Lord was just a really, like, creepy and weird guy. And he was, like, stealing toys from kids and, like, you know, stealing random personal items from people and, like, teleporting around. He was just kind of creepy and weird. Um, but other than that, I think that's really about all I've got to say about this one. It was a very, very solid episode. Filler or not, I can't really decide. Um, but, yeah, I was a really huge fan of this one. I love the musical numbers. I got to say, some of the songs in this one, I think this episode had both the best song in the show and the worst song in the show because Marceline's song was probably like one of the better songs in the show so far but the whole group song where Finn was singing about Princess Bubblegum and like his emotions for her was probably one of the worst songs in the show so far which was pretty funny uh, but either way very very great episode so we have two back to back here folks this is good stuff <laughs> Oh, sorry, I don't treat you like a goddess. Is that what you want me to do? <sighs> Such a good song. Fuck. Well, here we are, guys, at the outro for today's episode. Thanks to listening to the block reviews for this block of five. You know I'm extra appreciative of the folks who kind of stick around for these reviews as they're coming out because you know seeing like the three clicks that each of these get every week you know really makes my day really makes me happy uh but yeah i couldn't thank you guys enough and a little bit of a discussion here about season three so far i'm really digging it this is probably the best season of the show so far 
and there's honestly just tons and tons of really good content here we're getting into some more higher quality content better episodes more interesting plot points you know and all sorts of good stuff this is honestly what I was kind of waiting for and as far as the episodes themselves go I'm starting to get to the point where I'm not remembering any of them here and there I'll remember one or part of one like I remembered the Fiona and Cake episode and I think I remembered part of this last episode here with the musical numbers and all that but honestly like other than that the rest of the episodes in this like season so far have been kind of new to me I think we're starting to finally get into the new stuff and we'll know as soon as we hit the fire princess stuff uh, that we are officially going to be getting into the new things but I'll be interested to see when we do seriously this has been such a fun series and right now as it stands I'm actually waiting to get my steam deck back from the steam deck doctor aka valves repair center because of my broken b button so i've got a little more time and a little more freed upness to try out some different uh, activities and try and watch more episodes of the show so i'm hoping to try and ramp up productivity on these a little bit i'm finishing recording this one today and i'm going to try and start the next five episodes that i need to watch tomorrow like just roll right into it which is this will be the first time i've ever done this and also while i'm talking about like the whole production scope of this series i also tried to make the episodes reviews more concise in this episode so hopefully that paid off there was a couple episodes in here where it would have been really confusing if i didn't keep the explanations a little more simpler and i think it serves me well to kind of try and cut out some of the fluff and not give a total play-by-play -play of each of the episodes because there was a while there where each review i was basically explaining the entire episode plot point by plot point in the same amount of time it would take you to just sit down and watch the episode so i definitely need to streamline that a little bit more but you know i think i'm starting to get a little bit better at it but either way folks fun stuff's happening good times are coming i'm having a lot of fun working on this series again if you didn't listen to the outro to the last block review uh, i have decided that since i'm taking significantly longer to review this show than i originally planned if i don't end up finishing it by the end of 2022 i will not be just dropping the series i won't just be quitting I'll keep reviewing the episodes. I'll keep watching the show until I get bored. So, you know, as long as the show keeps being interesting, I'll keep watching it and I'll keep reviewing it for you guys. Because honestly, my content has kind of shifted over to this. And while I do have some desire to do some different episodes and stuff, I've been working on them. But honestly, I've been getting more joy out of working on these recently. So you know at the end of the day i'm gonna do whatever i want and kind of talk about whatever i want on this show because this is kind of my fun little podcast and while i'm talking about shameless plugs go and follow my tiktok i've got at hyrulean over there i'm trying to get to a thousand followers because once i do i want to try streaming some games or something on there because i think it'd be fun 
Uh, but yeah, go follow me at Hyrulean on TikTok. And of course, if you want to catch up on the latest supercuts for season one or season two of my Adventure Time reviews, both of those are available on the YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Hyrulean. Uh, and I'm sure once season three is finished up here, we'll be uploading a supercut for that as well. So, you know. If you do manage to accidentally miss one or two of the block recording episodes, you can always click on that. And I've been trying to get them time-stamped, so uh, when you watch them on YouTube, you can see, like, okay, 10 minutes and 45 seconds to 15 minutes and 50 seconds, he's reviewing Season 3, Episode 1, or whatever, you know? Stuff like that. So you can kind of more easily digest it at your own pace and that kind of thing. And also, it's fun to have as, like, a little compendium of all the episodes and to kind of put a bookend whenever I finish a season as well. Uh, but after Season 3, we'll move on to Season 4. And after Season 4, we'll be halfway done with the show. So maybe if I ramp up production enough, we can still bust this out by the end of 2022. But, you know... I'm not going to rush it. I'm going to take it at my own pace so I don't get burnt out and I'm going to have fun. And, yeah, we'll see where we end up because, you know, I've got high hopes for this series, guys. I've got high, high hopes. I'd love to eventually ramp up the production value even more on this series, you know, and kind of take the reviews and turn them into an even more interesting and streamlined experience. But, you know, that's still on the pipeline. We'll see where the journey takes us. Uh, but thank you either way for watching today's episode. Bye bye